1: Right, it's my pleasure, and a warm welcome to the host of Wrestling Road Trip, the Steel Scorpion, Mr. Mac Davis. How's it going, Mac? It's going great, Stewie. How are you? I'm, I'm good, mate. Just a pleasure to have you on. Absolute Thank pleasure. You. I'm sure your listeners are probably noticing that my accent's a
0: little bit different than uh, they're used to. It's a southern accent from Georgia.
1: <laughs> I, I like Georgia. I like the hospitality. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. It's a lovely, it's a lovely part of the world. The people were great uh, when we were there in 2011. Good southern charm, which is yes, which is missing in other states, but we won't go into into them. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get hate mail. No, <laughs> neither, neither do I. I'll get it as well. So, uh, right, Mac. When did you first start watching wrestling? That's my first pertinent question. Wow, I first started watching wrestling really as a kid.
0: Um, On Saturdays, 6.05 on Superstation, Uh, you'd watch a lot of the old N.W.A. and WCW shows back then, and we had uh, people like Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes, Tully Blanchard, uh, just a lot of big names from that time period, and really, it hooked me and got me into wrestling like no other. Uh, From that moment forward, I was hooked. Uh, I ended up getting in radio years later, uh, around the age of 15 years old. And when I got into radio, I met a, a wrestling promoter that would come by the radio station and he would try to, you know, hand out tickets and get free publicity for the shows and things like that. And as I got to know him, he allowed me to get backstage. Uh, and I got to see a lot of the guys in the back and get to know a lot of them. And over that time, found a real true respect for the sport of professional wrestling.
1: Obviously, you've, said, you've stated your uh, promotions that you like. That was going into my next question. But, yeah, your favorite promotions. Uh, what other wrestlers from NWA and WCW then did you like?
0: Oh, boy. You know, it, it's funny because in the South, in the United States, it's a little bit different. When I grew up you had a northern wrestling territory and a southern wrestling territory basically if you were in the you know the georgia uh texas south carolina florida kind of area those areas your wrestling was different from what people saw up north they would see bruno San Martino, we would see rick flair and to us our wrestling down south was the real wrestling and the wrestling up north was that cartoon saturday morning stuff And uh, over that time, my favorites, uh, really my personal favorite wrestler of all time was Sting. Uh, Steve, uh, or Sting, just, he had this passion, he had this energy that was very attractive to a lot of people. It was like a magnet. You couldn't help but really get behind that guy. So Sting, uh, of everybody that was out there, was really the guy that truly brought me
1: into wrestling. How did, how did you get your stalls in the business, then? I got started kind of in an unusual
0: way. While working in radio, we had a promotion for the Sheriff's Department and the Police Department of our city. And they wanted a halftime show, just some kind of fun thing to put on for the fans in the stadium while the uh, halftime was on. So they asked the radio station to go up against the fire department in a wrestling match. And I happened to be involved in that wrestling match. And it was just, I mean, it was (laughs) It was ropes around four poles. It was as basic as an operation of wrestling ring as you could call it. But uh, when it was over with, the promoter came out of the stands and actually asked me if I had ever considered getting into professional wrestling. And, of course, I had thought about it many, many times over the years, and I told him, yeah, let's give it a shot. And that's basically how I
1: got into it. I commend you You know A lot of us talk about doing it Especially When when I was younger I was always I'll go and train But it was trying to find It was trying to find Somewhere to train in the UK Um, There wasn't You know There's a lot of schools now But Back 20 years ago There wasn't the schools in the UK But yeah I commend you for For doing that
0: I'll be honest with you, I started wrestling, actually wrestling in the ring at the age of 38, which is really old, uh, to be crawling in the ring for the first time, Uh, but that's just how life kind of handed it to me, I had a a family with five kids, and so getting
1: into wrestling any earlier than that, it just wasn't a possibility. No, it wasn't feasible. Uh... Right, and and, and you
0: mentioned that you had a hard time finding trainers down there, Uh, and I would be, you know... I'm not sure how old you are but i imagine years ago it's still a very protected business and a lot of those training schools weren't around you had to hear about them through the right person uh because you know as protected as the business was uh you weren't going to find a school every you know on every corner somewhere to go to wrestling school uh, you had to know somebody who knew you that would get you in the door
1: who who trained you mark i you know i I never was trained by
0: anybody in particular Uh, because I got in it at the age of 38. I learned (laughs) on the job, basically. Uh, The guys I wrestled would help train me and show me different ways of doing things as we uh, went along. And the only reason that was the case was because when I first came in to wrestling... Uh, you know, I was supposed to come in just as one went the first matches, just have a quick match, kind of learn my way around. And what ended up happening was the fans got behind me that very first night, and it was incredible. It was just like they, the fans pushed me to the main event long before I should have ever been in the main event. And, uh, and i I love the fans for that. everybody who uh, really was cheering me on and pushing me during that time is very special to me because I was going through a pretty difficult time at that time, and knowing that those fans uh, were backing me in something that I was trying to do just made it that much more real and much much better as an outcome for the fans when the wrestling started.
1: were you were you getting booked far and wide? Uh, was it outside of Georgia, or did you just like remain within Georgia? Getting booked? In the early years, I was just in Georgia, just working
0: a few feds, uh, trying to learn my way uh, and, you know, make a name for myself. It was after that, uh, after the first five years of wrestling, I ended up breaking my neck. And in a wrestling match and had to leave the sport pretty much immediately. Uh, I was doing a few, you know, promos in the rings and things like that, but I had to get away from it uh, due to that broken neck. So when it was when I came back 10 years later, uh, which was just a couple of years ago, um, when I came back then, I started actually trying to travel around to other feds and doing things that I hadn't done my first round in wrestling.
1: Uh, was it was it easy getting booked? it's not that hard getting booked
0: as long as you do the work to get booked. I see a lot of guys who always say, "Well, I never get booked." I, it was because they're not trying. The truth is, you have to promote yourself. Without promoting yourself, promoting the product, your brand, nobody's going to book you because nobody knows who you are.
1: After after the broken neck, then what did you do?
0: After the broken neck, I uh, left the sport. Uh, ended up. Going into modeling, of all things, uh, somebody actually saw some of my wrestling work and uh, asked me if I would consider doing some modeling. So I did that uh, for the first few years after wrestling uh, while trying to get my uh, neck examined and kind of determine what we wanted to do next with my neck. Uh, During that time also, though, unfortunately, my father uh, was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. So I had to put the neck surgery off and take care of him for about five years until he passed away. And
1: then I got my neck fixed. And that's when I ended up coming back into wrestling again. You're a man's man, Mac. You know, obviously putting your dad's needs before your own. I I commend, I commend that. I commend that. That's, that's Thank you. Yeah, it was like losing a, a best friend. I and, can... uh, it, it,
0: and it's, you know, there's a match, actually, on my Facebook page. If you go to Mad Mac Davis on Facebook, uh, there are several videos there that talk about my dad. And during that time and the depression that I went through, I'm very open about uh, depression. Uh, I, I didn't realize, actually, in the beginning that I was dealing with depression after he passed away. And it was a little bit of time. I finally kind of caught on, you know, look, I'm getting into a hole and I'm not coming out of it and finally decided that I was going to do something uh, something different to pull myself out of that hole and at that time I was out of shape I hadn't been taking care of myself my mind was just all mush at that point from taking care of my father and I finally decided uh, that I was going to go back and do the one thing that I enjoyed the most, uh, and that was go back to wrestling. That's when I was happy. That's the last thing I remember doing when I was truly happy. So I went back into the gym, started training hard, and getting ready for my comeback match. And during that time the truth is when you see that match and you see the reaction at the end of that match it's all very real that entire match was something it was a goal of mine i wanted to finish that match which was a lot harder than i can tell you because at 38 it's a lot easier to get in that ring and move around than it is when you're 55 and i got in that ring and moved around and barely got to the end of that match but i didn't make it the end of that match signified the end of my depression and dealing with that deep depression. I still deal with it on a daily basis, but it doesn't bother me. I just know it's there and I hold it away and keep doing things that are positive to bring myself back up to out of that hole.
1: Uh, that, that was going to be my next question. How did you tackle it? But you've answered it. But, I mean, can you, you, you can maybe extend on that? Uh, how... Sure. I, you know, I... My battle with depression got very personal uh, because I'm one of those types where if I set a goal,
0: I'm going to go after it no matter what. And when I knew that the depression had taken a hold of me, and and I was always, always a half glass full, not half empty guy. I was always very positive, my outlooks were always positive, and suddenly I was being very negative, nothing mattered much anymore. And I finally decided that, uh, you know, I knew that getting in the gym and learning that discipline of working out and doing the things I needed to do to get back in the ring, uh, the storylines, the the work, not just physically, but mentally, and all those things as I set the goal and said, this is what I want to do. And it was two years out from that first match that I started that. And I knew two years out, this is what I want to do. I'm going to do this step, this step this step and this step and hopefully those steps together will help me defeat what I was dealing with with depression and it did it worked uh, it worked I really have not
1: been happier since that's good man that's good that you yeah just I just like the fact that you're open about your struggles but you, you you tackled your struggles didn't you
0: a lot of times I know are nervous about talking about depression I'm not if something I say helps someone go you know what I need to do something about my depression or maybe it kicks in they go I've been dealing with this and I know there's something going on with me go talk to your doctor do something to better tr- better yourself and at the same time if the doctor tells you you need you know a, a drug of some type I-, I take Zoloft and I have no problem telling people that uh, I know a lot of people are embarrassed about saying oh I'm on Zoloft I'm not. I'm not because I know what it did for me, and I know it helped me in my battle to beat depression. And if you use it correctly, and, and you keep up with it, and you listen to your doctor's advice, and to the things that you need to do, you can come out of depression. You just have to fight.
1: I think I think the listeners can take you know take something away from what you just said there. Absolutely, it's been it's been open. Uh, you're open and honest. I, I take a medication called quetiapine. So, I understand, I understand. Uh, Mac? Yeah, and I'm not a big pharmaceutical guy. <laughs> ne- I hate taking medicine. Neither am I. I know that that particular medication does help me with that problem. Yeah, ne- neither am I. I, I think so, myself, but yeah, if the doctor's prescribed it, that's it. Y- you know, you have to go on the doctor's advice, don't you?
0: Absolutely. And you know, I think it's a shame that a lot of people find that the stigma of depression is something you don't want to talk about, because the truth is, the more you talk about it, the better that
1: situation can become get coping coping strategies and yeah absolutely uh Mark how did your working relationship begin with legendary journalist wrestling journalist I might add Bill Apter Bill Apter was a friend of mine from many years
0: bill and i were kind of similar in a lot of ways bill came up on the print side of media in and wrestling and i came up with the radio side uh, as i mentioned uh, early on chip burnham with wcw was a promoter at that time uh, he's passed away and a uh, great guy i hate that he's gone but he would always make sure that i would get backstage and i always had recorders with me i would do interviews outside before the shows and so Bill and I basically were working very well with one another, but he was doing the uh, the writing, I was doing the broadcasting. And years later, I sent him a message and said, Bill, my name's Matt Davis. God kind of told him who I was, and we laughed because we realized we probably saw each other many times in many locker rooms over the years. But uh, in the last couple of years during my depression, I reached out to Bill to, to get some help with some things I wanted to do just to keep progressing. And Bill was very open and uh, helped me, you know, with some things. And from that point forward, we became really good friends. And he asked me if I would, you know, do a segment on his show, The After Chat, which is on Roku TV, uh, on the Jarrett Parsons Wrestling Network. And I, I couldn't turn it down. I, I don't know how you turned down Bill
1: After. No. <laughs> I did I send stuff to Bill all the time and he, he, you know, obviously he's busy and what have you, but yeah, so he's approachable. He's very approachable. You know,
0: it was funny. I, I'll tell you a story and, and this is, I've never told anybody this, so this is first time, but when I was in uh, New York this past WrestleMania, I was at the WrestleCon convention and I was with Bill at his table. Bill was, and, and this is honest, he was surprised that people knew who he was and 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 really cared a lot about what he wrote and the pictures he took all those years, you know, in the magazines. And he couldn't understand why these people were so, you know, enamored with him. I had to explain to him, You're Bill Aptor <laughs> You know. Yeah. You are the guy that we you know, that told us the news that we didn't know. You know, the only way we had our wrestling news was through PWI and Bill after You know it was just that was the fact And so I, I, I walked around New York With him going to different places And people would stop him on the road And he was so touched by Everybody who
1: did that right. because he
0: Just didn't think people knew who he was
1: It's just beautiful isn't it you know uh, Everyone talks about Dave Meltzer And that's fine but Bill Bill's the, Bill's the best For me like Bill
0: is the Wrestling historian. Yeah. If you want an answer to wrestling, that's who you ask yep.
1: because he knows. And it, and and it's not just past; it's current. He's on the ball with the current. It, look, if I if I give him a
0: phone call and say, "Bill, I need. Uh, I'm trying to reach out to somebody. Do you have, happen to have a number, or can you contact him?" He's always got it. He he
1: knows everybody. That's anybody in the business of professional wrestling. And he keeps working as well. You know, you look at his age; he's still he, he's still doing it. He's. Fantastic. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I think Bill maybe seventy-one, somewhere around there. Maybe I'm, it's, I'm it's, not it's, really sure. It's incredible. Like just the the first for the for the business is still there, isn't it? Like it was when he was taking the pictures and when we didn't have the internet and, and all the rest of it. He was the go-to guy, wasn't he? He was.
0: And. Actually, I think he still is, if you want to know the truth of the matter. If you really want a good picture from a wrestling match or a story, he's the guy to go to. Uh, He knows how to write it. He knows how to present that match in a way that it comes across as a legit uh, story, uh, very real, very sportsmanlike, which is what people miss, I believe, in wrestling. We miss the the reality and and not the absurdness of wrestling. Uh, You know, wrestling's gotten to a point where some storylines are so far fetched. There's no way you could ever believe what's taking place. And back in the old days, wrestling was very basic. You had the good guy, you had the bad guy, you had a referee that would call uh, the match and call it right down the middle. If you did something wrong, the heel was told you did it wrong. Stop. Nowadays, the, the officials tend to kind of let whatever happens happen in the ring, so the heels have lost their heat, and the faces have lost a lot of their of their uh, popularity simply because the heel can't be a heel so mm-hmm. the face can't be the good guy the hero in the white hat as long as the heel's not truly being a heel so Bill understands those old days of wrestling and he understands how to deliver a match that draws people in and And I miss that he's not in the magazines anymore but the great thing is that you can always still catch Bill on the after
1: chat uh, on the Jarrett Parsons Wrestling Network on Roku I love it, and my- also by the way we just added onewrestlingvideo.com and I believe Firestone is coming soon Yeah I, I love the show Mac I really do I, Obviously your your segment's amazing And, and obviously Bill Thank you. Do, Bill doing his thing I've got a Roku at home I'm quite fortunate I've got a Roku But like you say it's it's on YouTube now as well Isn't it
0: It is we're going to be adding it in several places uh, yeah. As time goes on But the first run shows will be on Roku yeah. So if you want to see the first run shows That's where you need to head
1: to I love it. I'm not blowing smoke. I genuinely, I, I love it. I, I just think that it's brilliant. It's so well put together. Um, Thank you very much. Keep watching because we're, we're adding new things
0: all the time and uh, trying to tweet things to give it a, even a more professional, slick appearance. And uh, anytime you see something or suggest something, please do send us a, an email or a message on Facebook. Let us know what something you'd like to see and we'll try to add it in.
1: Well, what, are you, what are your thoughts on uh, Heyman taking... On Raw, and Bischoff taking SmackDown on, what are your thoughts on that? Just to totally segue. You, 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 you my, my, my honest thoughts are yeah. uh, that Heyman and Bischoff may be scapegoats
0: uh, when this all comes to an end. Um, I, I found it kind of odd that Stephanie and Triple H and the other guys were kind of removed from TV to put these new faces out there. And I'm assuming these new faces may be out there to try to cover and protect Stephanie and Triple H because if anybody's going to fall from WWE, if this doesn't work, it's going to be Bischoff and Heyman. And so I, I, I'm i excited, though, by the fact that Heyman has taken over uh, Monday Night Raw. The very first show that he was supposed to have taken over I thought was very good. I thought the last show was kind of weak. Uh, it, it felt like the old Monday Night Raw that I've been Well, that I quit watching about two years ago and I quit watching it mainly because the stories were getting too ridiculous and it just got away from what I knew as wrestling and that's simply because of my age. Uh, Someone who's younger may love what WWE does but I'm an older uh, wrestling fan so I prefer the older school of wrestling And, and that's probably why I have a little bit of a dislike for what the WWE product is now. But with Heyman there, that could all change. With Bischoff, I think Bischoff's role inside SmackDown is probably more to do with the fact that they need somebody to deal with the Fox
1: executives, yeah, and they needed somebody with a professional feel, and I Mm -hmm. think Bischoff fit that role perfectly. I would have had it the other way around though, Mac. I would have put Heyman back in SmackDown, because obviously the ratings were better. Uh, I know we had that hell of a... But he give he give a chance to people, didn't he, on SmackDown, and it, and it was beating Raw in the ratings, wasn't it, when Heyman was there in the early 2000s. I, I would have had it. I would have had him back on SmackDown. But obviously, maybe it's to do with Brock being on Raw, so they can have him on screen. I don't know.
0: The same thing when I first heard the announcement. I prefer that Heyman had gone to SmackDown for uh, for Fox because it just seemed like it made more sense. Yeah, he has more of that type of an attitude that you would see mm-hmm. on Fox as far as storylines go. But as far as dealing with Fox, I think Bischoff's the better choice.
1: Uh, yeah, I get, I get that. Yeah, so yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see. I think a lot of people have got on Heyman's back off the back of Monday. I think it's too soon to be getting on his back. I think. Um, yeah. Uh, a determination of how
0: they're doing until after we get AEW up and running uh, in the fall. Once they start running and there's true competition taking place, even though they say it's not competition, it is. <laughs> but, you know, once that happens, we'll start seeing the true feel of both shows. I don't know that we've even seen AEW's real show yet I think we've seen their pay-per-view shows, but I don't think we've seen what they're
1: going to produce and show us on weekly TV. It doesn't need to be like Nitro. That's all I will say. The business has moved on. They don't need to model it. I know, obviously, being with TNT and that, but they can. Uh, it'll be. It'll be its own. It'll be its own thing, won't, won't it? I, I'm hoping that's the
0: case, and I'm hoping that they go with more of that sports feel that they had talked about in the beginning when they were promoting their new brand. Um, if that's the case i think it could be very interesting i think if you kind of cross that between
1: wrestling and ufc delivery i think it could be really really good do you think um do you think john moxley and jericho will become exclusive to the brand or do you think they'll let them work in japan when the tv show starts i think both will work in japan be surprised if they
0: didn't I I wouldn't be surprised to see New Japan eventually become more involved with AEW currently they're working with ROH but it seems like ROH may have lost a little bit of steam since uh, the G1 summit in New York
1: I'm not sure that they've been on track since then but with in relation to Ring of Honor Mark surely it's giving new talent a chance so maybe we should uh, you know Give it, give it a go. Oh, absolutely. Look yeah. here, I'm, I never
0: want to see anyone disappear. I'd like to see ROH and all the other mm-hmm. guys stay around for as long as possible because it gives more opportunity to the boys, or the, uh, to the men and women of wrestling. It's just the more opportunities and the
1: more competition, the better the business will be. I get you, mate. I get you with that one. Um, Mark? Mark? Which promotions do you like watching now, aside maybe from the main, the mainstream?
0: Aside from the mainstream, I really don't get a chance to watch a whole lot of different wrestling unless it's mainstream, uh, so I, I tend to watch ROH, believe it or not, <laughs> even though I just said what I said about ROH, I do like the product, uh, and I like a lot of the guys who are working in ROH. Um, I don't really have a particular favorite, if I'm being honest. Uh, a lot of what I watch in wrestling now comes from YouTube or online, uh, where I surf around just trying to find particular matches of talent and names and places you know that I've heard about. Um, because the main shows, they're, they're not gritty enough for me. Uh, and, and that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a little bit more grit in my wrestling than what's being delivered
1: right now. You need to ca- you need to catch some UK promotions. I'm telling you, it's a hotbed, an absolute hotbed. Now, I would love to come and see some of that. I've, I've seen some of
0: the work. Like uh, right now, you've got uh, Nick Aldis, uh, who's from the UK,
1: right? Yeah, absolutely. He's done very, very well for himself for the last ten years.
0: Yes. and are the reason that I came back and got excited about wrestling in part because their uh, feud leading up to their match,
1: I thought was well-produced. It was very... If if you ask me what I like to watch promotional-wise,
0: that, to me, was the best wrestling product out there during that time when those two were just yeah. putting YouTube videos up going at each other about the match that was coming up that was gold and that's what I'd like to see
1: more of in wrestling I'll state the obvious uh, it'll never be Dusty and Flair because they were just you know that was Dusty and Flair but it reminded me it it, yeah. it, it went back to like the old school didn't it the builder I, I get you on that one it did. And I'm still waiting for the rubber match I'm waiting for that third match to come along and see who's Got to... That's actually one of the questions I plan on asking Cody uh, this coming weekend at Fight for the Fallen. It they, Yeah, I never thought about him getting back in. But yeah, they need to just... Yeah, maybe if they just... I don't know. I wonder how long they build that if they do do the second match. I, you know, I'm not really
0: sure. I know that uh, right now the NWA doesn't seem to be working with AEW, so that may be all gone now unless something changes. But... I think that the NWA would do well to work with AEW as a way of doing that Uh, because Cody and Nick did have that flair and dusty kind of feel. It was one of those matches that basically the few you believed, you believed what you were watching, the two men who were portraying the characters, everything was perfectly done, including the filming. Dave
1: Lagana did an incredible job filming that. It was it was really well put together. To be fair, I obviously say you know I do watch. I don't just watch the mainstream. What little time I get as well with the job and stuff. Um, But yeah, I'd seen obviously the build up to that, and it was it was it was fantastic. What your thoughts on MJF? MJF
0: is probably the most over-heel in our business right now. He understands what it means to be a heel. He knows how to be a heel, and he never turns it off, and that's what a heel should be doing.
1: It's kayfabe.
0: Kayfabe, you know, it's funny. I, and, and now that you mention that word, because I hear that a lot, and, and I'm very strong on that word kayfabe, because a lot of people say it's dead. I don't believe that. I believe that kayfabe is still alive if you do it correctly. Uh, you know, the, the social media changed kayfabe in a lot of ways, and so did Vince when he said that we were no
1: longer, you know, a, a sport, uh, which I disagree with. It's we a are sport. a sport. It is a sport, isn't it? Like, sorry, I jumped in.
0: Ab- absolutely, it is a sport, and, and it's something that, uh, you know, most guys who are in wrestling will tell you quickly, too, that uh, they rather it be called a sports sport than entertainment.
1: Because when you talk to the guys who do
0: that work, I promise you, they're they're athletes. <laughs> they're
1: not actors. Exactly. You can't get like Jericho said. I, I read a quote last week. He said, "If I if it was a, if it was fake, I'd have a stuntman with me." Yeah. Look, if it was fake, I wouldn't have had a broken
0: neck. I wouldn't have had staples in my head and all the other
1: things yeah. that I've dealt with over the years. <laughs> it's just people. It's just people, isn't it? It's the arrogance sometimes, and the, and the ignorance of it it is i think ignorance is probably the better word yeah. uh it, you get around
0: people who either they love wrestling or they hate wrestling you don't really find anybody in the middle and uh that's why i think most wrestling fans love talking to other wrestling
1: fans because we're all family and we all love the same thing I right, just going back to mjf i can't believe he's 23 years old it's crazy oh, he is so it's I, like, crazy. Look, I've never heard of MJ, MJF until uh, AEW came. Oh, that Mac, shows you the difference of what that uh, promotion has been able to do. Mark, I've been watching MLW obviously since they've gone on to they've gone on to being sports, haven't they? And, and Cornet's obviously doing commentary, but he has been he he been killing it for nine, ten months prior to AEW taking him. It, it, you could just tell. You could just tell a mile off. He's just got it. He's got charisma. He's got the mic skills. He, you know, he's an athlete. He's got it all. He's
0: got it all. You know, it's funny. You, you mentioned the charisma and he's got it all. I, I started doing interviews on the road trip, uh, which will start up pretty soon. You'll start seeing some independent wrestlers popping up in some of those interviews. And I interviewed these guys not because they're – it's not that they're a nobody. It's just there's somebody that nobody knows yet. Yeah. Uh, and – By putting them on road trip and talking to them, I'm hoping to expose some of these talents that people have never heard of uh, to talents that are incredible, that they may see in another year or two on a big promotion. And uh, and MJF just seems like one of those guys. He obviously was bubbling around on the uh, independent scene, and somebody finally saw him and said, this guy needs a bigger
1: stage. He's with Hammerstone. He's quite a big lad, Hammerstone. I can't think of the third guy in the in the uh, group in the faction, but they've had they had a great feud with the Hart Dynasty. You know, where uh, obviously Teddy Hart's over there, um, yeah. Davy Boy, Davy Boy, Davy Boy Smith uh, Junior. Obviously, and uh, Brian Pillman Junior. They've had it's been brilliant. It's been brilliant on MLW. It'll be a shame because I think obviously he's going to have to leave MLW. I should imagine. I'm surprised that uh, MJF and Cornette haven't had a run-in yet because uh, Cornette's not been too kind to the AEW product. No, no. <laughs> no, he hasn't, For but he likes him. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Cornette just likes to run his mouth a lot. and, uh, yeah. and even, That's
0: what Cornette does. Yeah.
1: Look, Cornette was one of the managers
0: when I was growing up and, and he is one of the guys that I love because that's
1: who I grew up with. God, he's got a vast vocabulary, that man. I wouldn't want to take him on
0: think I could be his friend
1: you <laughs> <laughs> and I would probably come to blows you'd end, up, you'd, just, you'd end up telling him how it is Oh yeah, I, I don't think I can hold my, my tongue too well for, uh, right I, I, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't I blame know, you he's a great talent But yeah. I don't think I could ever put up with him Talking to me the way he talks you'd, about other people You'd put that Wilson tennis racket somewhere I reckon, Mark Oh yeah, yeah He'd be swatting flies with his ass <laughs> Right, uh <laughs> Mark, I'm getting to the end now. Um, Which talents do you rate within the business presently? Wow. Um,
0: mm, That's hard to say now, simply because there's so much new talent out there that I haven't been able to watch as much as I'd like to. Uh, Kind of go by feds, I guess. Uh, WWE... My favorite talent in there, really, and people are going to go nuts when I say this, but Roman Reigns. Only because I, I think Roman's very good at what he does, but I feel like the fans never truly gave him the chance because WWE was trying to shove him down their throats. That wasn't Roman's fault. Roman was just doing his job. But Roman is an incredible worker that has the ability to tell great stories, and I just wish the fans would give him that opportunity to show what he can really do.
1: Uh, it, it's 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 a bit that it's it's a bit like Cena, but Cena Cena had two years where he was loved, and then yeah, I think it was the same thing. Yeah, Roman's brilliant. There's no two ways about yes, it. And, you know, there's a lot of
0: talent just like him that's out there. I think there's other talent too. If you want the truth, uh, that maybe shouldn't be as high up on the card as they are. They don't have the talent that other people do. Uh, you look in the women's division and the iconics. I love their characters, but the truth is, I don't
1: see them as champions. They can't put put a match... Yeah, I know what you're saying. It's a bit awkward, the matches. They don't flow, do they? Right. I think they're just trying to to lean on the characters uh, in that particular case. But when you're
0: trying to drive the women's division as hard as you have for the last few years and then suddenly put it on a team that really doesn't deserve them. It's kind of a
1: slap in the face to all the other girls who have busted their tails to get there. It's, car- it's, it's character lad, isn't it, like you say? Yep. Mark, can I just thank you for sparing time to come on? It, mean, it means a lot. Absolutely, Stewie. I had a blast. Uh, anytime, if you ever want to do this again, just let me know. We'll get together and do it again.